This, this, this is straight, straight, straight out of Crumpton with your host, Greg Crumpton. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Straight Out of Crumpton. I'm Gabby Barr, and I'm joined by Mr. Greg Crumpton. Greg, how are you today? Gabby, I'm doing well. I'm, I'm in the middle of a, a hellacious windstorm in Toronto, Canada. Um, I can hear the noise of whistling by the air conditioning unit, so hopefully I'll still be here uh, at the <laughs> end of this thing. But uh, looking forward to it. We've got a great guest today, uh, a fellow who I've been following for a while and watching what he's doing uh, on social. And uh, really, he's doing some really cool stuff. Um and he is uh, what, four hours ahead of us in time, so he's already lived through this moment in time. So he's like a time traveler. <laughs> so looking forward to uh, having a conversation with him. Awesome. Well, our guest today is none other than Alex Richards. He is an air conditioning senior engineer at Not Just Cooling. Alex, how are you doing today? I'm brilliant, thank you. I'm definitely going to put that on my CV, time traveling engineer, definitely. <laughs> I mean, you think about that, Alex. How cool is that? You could, I mean, that's that's got to be worth some uh, some free publicity, yeah, anyway. Yeah. Well, thank you for taking time uh, with us today, uh, this evening, for you. Um, it's been really fun watching what you're doing. I see you post some really unique stuff on LinkedIn. Uh, it's to me, I look at it as a visual mentor or video mentoring that you're doing for some younger technicians and older technicians like me. Uh, really, really fun. Um, so, uh, before we jump in too deep to it, tell us a little bit about you. Uh, you're in uh, Nottingham, uh, England. Uh, which is where the Nottingham Forest is, I'm assuming. So uh, I'll let you tell us a little bit about England so I don't prove my ge geography uh, challenge of mine to be true. That's right. So I live in Nottingham, so um, right in the heart of the UK. Um, so it just means I get to work all over the country because I'm roughly in the middle. Um, as I was talking to Gabby earlier, that's... The UK is roughly a third the size of Texas. So whichever way you look at that, that's mental. So America being so big, the UK being so small, but we have a fairly mild climate compared to you guys. Um, we're very varied over there. So we don't have all the same issues you do in southern states like Florida with humidity and stuff like that and arid places. So our climate's much more... I guess easier to work with. Um, so yeah, so see, I'm 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 Nottingham based, but I've, I work all over the country. Uh, what's in Paris? I've worked in uh, Belfast in Northern Ireland, Scotland, Wales. Uh, um, I've been doing it for about 16, 17 years. What well, feels like a lot longer, but maybe that's all the overtime. <laughs> Well, you look very young, so uh, it's wearing on you very well, so it is working for you. Um, so I'm, I'm really curious. You, you, you got, just in your opening dialogue there, you said a lot of cool things. Uh, I guess what really intrigues me is, uh, A, I guess what got you into the industry, how, how you began uh, in, the, in the skill trades industry, and then I'm always curious about the people that have impacted your career, uh, whether that was a senior technician or, you know, a, a instructor or a professor or, you know, kind of what was the catalyst for you? Uh, and, and maybe it was random, but, you know, maybe there's been someone or, or multiple people um, that have influenced you after you got going too. So give us a little bit of background of how you kind of got started um, and then I'm really curious about what kind of equipment you enjoy working on. It's kind of a nerd question, but you know, I, I, I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm a nerd. I get that up. So I started out when I was 17 years old. So I left school at 16 
So when I was at school many years ago, you could leave school at 16. You now you've got to be 18. You need to be in some sort of further education. So I left school when I was 16 and I wanted to be a plumber because in about 2005, uh, there's a huge shortage of plumbers in the UK and they were earning millions of pounds. I'm about to retire when I'm 25 and all this sort of stuff. Of course, getting a plumbing job was then really difficult. So I went to college when I was uh, 16 to do a, a plumbing course. Um, it was a one-year course um, to learn the theory side of plumbing that would help you get a job. I couldn't get a job doing plumbing. So I was doing a bit of uh, side work um, with um, one of my mum's friends, and uh, he was an air conditioning engineer that was just doing a bit of plumbing on the side. Um and his brother owned an air conditioning company, so I had absolutely no idea what it entailed whatsoever. Went for an interview, they said, we'll send you to college, it'll be three years, you'll get what's called your MVQ level two and three, uh, and that will give you a um, basic and advanced understanding of air conditioning, refrigeration systems, and stuff like that. So that's how I got into it, it was pure by accident, and... Because we don't have such a big domestic market like you guys, I always see air conditioning as a sort of hidden industry that you don't, unless you know somebody in it or you fall in it, nobody goes at school thinking, I want to be an air conditioning engineer when I grow up. You don't have that. You have people who want to be plumbers or sparkies or electricians and stuff like that, but not really air conditioning. So um, I started out in uh, 2007. Um, so I spent five years at my first company. I did three years at college in a place called Grimsby. Um, came a level two and three MVQ. Uh, that first company um, went bust in just, it was because of the 2008 crash, but they limped on until 2012. Then I started uh, a company called Field Air, uh, and I was there for over 10 years, and I've only just recently changed. But regarding people that sort of influenced me, there's a few people that are, I kind of see as a bit of mentors. So the first, so the, the engineer that I, taught me, um, he was very good at what he did. He wasn't the most knowledgeable by any means. He, he didn't go to college. He he basically came at it. It came into the industry later in life, but he was obsessed with doing the right thing. It had to be right. It had to be perfect. Um, so because he was my engineer and I was I was his apprentice, I had to do it right too. So um, he was a chap called Aaron Davis. He was uh, instrumental in sort of giving me the attitude of getting it right first time. Um, and then I would say a chap called Ian Giles, who was my college tutor. Uh, I was struggling at college, trying to make it click because I wasn't, it's predominantly a refrigeration-based course because obviously Econ works on principles and I had just purely done air conditioning. Some of the things I didn't quite understand because they're, I didn't come across them in my day-to-day -day working life. And he helped me make it click um, and really helped me understand the process. Um, and uh, he was probably my biggest influence of um, help in making me enjoy learning more. Um, and then sort of in the last sort of, then I sort of plodded along for a bit. Um, and then more recently, um, he's my little boy. Oh, so I've got, I've got, he's now six, but he wants to know everything about everything. And I don't have the answers for everything. <laughs> so I, it, the enthusiasm of him wanting to learn everything, it got me a bit more back in love with the industry. And I thought, well, there's, there's I, I can learn more. I want to learn more. And it was more his enthusiasm about sort of wanting to know about absolutely everything. I thought, well, Oh, fantastic enthusiasm to have uh, young kids just want to know everything so I thought well I'm sure I could sort of get some of that enthusiasm back and then I just wanted to learn more and more and more um, and I'd not had an apprentice for a while um, and I really enjoyed having an apprentice and teaching them all that useful and useless stuff that I knew um, so I suppose yeah my engineer, my, my college tutor uh, big influences on me I'm a little boy to be honest you really give me a passion for learning more and more, I suppose. That's really cool. Um, that's kind of like full circle, you know. You 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 get enthused, and then you kind of peter out a little bit, 
and kind of gets stale and then you get reignited by your kid. That's kind of a cool story to think through and uh, really kind of a, a, I don't know, it's, it's kind of a good natural flow, I think. You know, it. you, you mentioned, you know, uh, getting the that spark when things click it and that's such a wonderful feeling uh whether it be mechanical refrigeration or whether it be electrical you know you've got this stuff in your head and it's it's just not making sense and then one day it's like bam it just all kind of comes together and what a sense of relief you know and i'm sure all professions have that moment when you finally get it you know whether you're a brain surgeon or a digital media specialist or whatever you are when it when you just get that moment of clarity it feels so good and it's like a pressure is, is just i don't know it's like the air goes out of the balloon in a good oh, way definitely and, and that's what i now enjoy doing with apprentices is seeing that realization yeah. like, ah that's how it works or that's why that does that and it is a good feeling so yes I've, I've got through because most of these 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 um young people come into the industry they don't have a reference point of how this stuff's working so it's a real challenge to find those reference points to help them understand because you could just waffle a load of nonsense at them and, and then wonder why they don't understand it but unless they've got a reference point of ah that's a bit like this i know how that works if i can work it the same way maybe they'll get it and when they do get it and it clicks for them yes i've got through to them now they understand and hopefully it's, it stays there and you just you constantly just reinforce that and i really really enjoy doing that it's just i don't always get the time to do it so that's kind of why i started doing some of the videos well i think you know it's been proven more than one time that that a a good teacher a good instructor uh, makes themselves better in their preparation, you know, because you want to deliver the truth or the truth as best you can. Uh, it really makes you kind of study diligently to make sure you're giving good information. And, you know, I think any anytime you're of the uh, mentoring or giving mindset, you're, you're going to really want to, you know, make sure you got your I call it getting your poop on a pile. Make sure you know what you're doing, you know, uh, rather than just coming off with with half good information and half BS. Uh, so good on you for doing that. It's just rewarding to see, you know, you're, uh, I, I'm guessing, uh, let's see, I would say you're close to 40 years old or somewhere around there. I'm only 33. Uh, 33. Yeah, it, it must be the bad That's line. It must be. No, it's the accent. Oh, yeah. I was thinking more Roger Moore. Oh, yeah, um, that'd be nice. But, um, but you, you think about it, you're 33, you've got so much opportunity to help so many people, and as long as you stay in, in, in the enjoyment delivery side of that equation, there's no telling how many, how many young folks you can help or middle life, you know, people transitioning into the career. Uh, that that can be a good thing for you for a long time. Um, so I think the next thing that popped, I wrote it down a while ago when you were talking, um, what kind of equipment do you, like, do you, well, let me ask this a different way. Do you work for a contractor or do you work for a, a manufacturer's rep or who do you, who do you work for? So uh, I've always worked for contractors. Um, so okay. the first company I worked for was called Interair. Um, they just did new construction, so um, it was building sites day in, day out, and um, for a young guy, absolutely brilliant, because you was working away, new city, new place, used to go on nights out, um, spend all the money you've earned that week. Um, it was brilliant, absolutely loved it, um, and that company obviously went uh, fell through in 2012, and then I literally, there was another company across the road that I went to, um, and that was all, um, predominantly actually breakdown and servicing and some install, but it's all retrofits, um, which is a completely different ball game. Um, and that's when I probably, um, really started to learn more on the breakdown side, because when you install installing day in, day out, 
it has its own challenges, but you may not um, help you understand how systems are working as much because once it's up and running, you've left site, you're on to the next one. Um, so the second company uh, that was there for over 10 years, that really helped build my understanding of the nuances with different bits of kit and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I've always worked for a contractor. Um, we have a quite different um, kit compared to you guys. So we don't, actually, we don't have that domestic market. We don't have that sort of um, central air with a air conditioning coil and a furnace coil. We don't have stuff like that. So all our heating predominantly is uh, hydronics. So you'd have a boiler that would feed a cylinder and that would then pump hot water onto your radiators. Um, so the market for air conditioning is growing. It's growing very quickly. Um, but we just don't have it. So all our sort of air conditioning is more what you class it as your ductless, um, like right. So Ideki, it's electric, Fujitsu, Toshiba, Hitachi, all those sort of stuff. So that's that's predominantly what I work on. We do have um, big air handling units, uh, also commercial, with uh, DX coils that would connect onto uh, a ductless type um, system, um, and then predominantly it's uh, VRF or VRV sort of, sort of stuff. Um, and that's that's what I really enjoy working on is is that sort of stuff, that sort of big VRF stuff um, with integrated controls and all that sort of stuff. So that's predominantly what I work on day in and day out. Well, that that uh, equipment, the VRV, VRF, uh, centralized systems are becoming more and more popular over here, uh, as well as true VRV, VRF in new installations. Uh, you see it a lot in, in dormitories, education. Um, in a traditional office building, we see still see centralized air handling, uh, chilled water, hot water coils. But uh, the VRV, VRF market is growing. And especially, as you pointed out, with integrated controls into the whole building operation, which I, I just, I, I like the concept of, VRVS and uh, uh, Gabby's favorite actually, she's a VRF girl. <laughs> so, uh, who's your favorite manufacturer? Then, go on, spill it. Oh, yeah. these are these are great questions, but, guys. I don't I don't want to spoil the rest of the the conversation. You know, right. oh, that was a very good so, sidestep. Just that was. think about it this way, <laughs> Gabby. The the air conditioner you grew up with in your parents' home, when it came on, it pumped refrigerant at a constant okay. volume. If it was going to move X amount of gas, it just moved X amount of gas anytime it was okay. running. The new, the newer systems modulate the amount of refrigerant so that they can control temperature and humidity better in different areas by using different amounts of refrigerant to different rooms, so to speak. Gotcha. So it's just a, 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 a much more energy efficient right. way, uh, and it's also much easier in a retrofit environment because you know to us over here in the states a, a 200 year old building is old 200 year old building in the uk is just getting started yeah. you know they've got a lot more historical buildings that you have to work around structure a lot and because you're able to run this tubing between the indoor and the outdoor piece it's just a much simpler installation in existing properties uh and is that is that accurate, Alex? Yeah, your definitely. Mind? So the previous company, um, we used to do a subcontractor, a larger firm, uh, and we used to do a lot of uh, retrofits in banks. So there's a big push uh, over here to uh, re reduce our uh, gas usage. So a lot of places are taking their gas boilers out and replacing them with uh, VRF or VRV. The nat natural gas, yeah. you're saying. So a lot of these banks... Uh, 1900s or older, uh, lovely buildings, nice high ceilings, uh, octagon on the sides and stuff like that. So it's a bit more of a challenge. Um, so VRF lends itself really well because you're taking three pipes around to different places. You've got to find a bit of space here and there, but it's a, it's a really easy way of getting heat and cooling to an old building. It has its challenges, mainly that some of the safe walls are about three foot thick and you've got to get the pipework through it. Right. But there's always a way through. 
So um, one thing that we deal with uh, constantly here and is, is probably a, a 20-year-old and growing problem is the amount of people, young people, getting into our industry, uh, the skills gap or whatever you want to call it. How does how has that affected your market? Do you have a lack of young people that want to join the industry? Um, do you have enough technicians? What is what what do you look like over there from a labor standpoint? So we've as long as I've been in the street had a shortage of um trade people go into the trades, whether it be electricians, plumbers, um, or air conditioning or refrigeration uh, engineers. Um, hence why I wanted to be a plumber at the age of 16, because they were getting paid so much, but it's not really gone yeah. away. Um, so we've always had a massive shortage. I think uh, air conditioning refrigeration on the whole has struggled more so because, like I mentioned before, it's a bit of a hidden trade over here because you don't have it in your homes like you do with your lights and your running water, so you know about plumbers and electricians. But when you're going into a coffee shop and it's nice and cool, you're not wondering why, oh, what, what's making it cool? It's just there. It's the environment. So it's not as well known. So I always sort of say it's a bit of a hidden trade. Um, so, yeah, so we have a real issue with people coming to the trade. And the other thing I think of is there's a huge demand for young adults to know exactly what they want coming out of school and what they want to do for the rest of their life. So there's a huge amount of pressure. And when I was at school, it was a case of, you're only going to be successful if you go to university. And that was it. But I didn't want to go to university. I'm dyslexic. So the thought of studying for further four years was not appealing to me. Uh, I did go to college anyway to do uh, economic refrigeration, but that's by the by. Um, and the other thing is, is um, enticing young people in. So once you get the message out, to try and get people in and show exciting and all the cool kit you get to work on, uh, excuse the pun, um, all the different places you get to work, you've got to convince an uh, 18, 19-year-old that you're going to pay him pretty rubbish pay on the off chance that if they carry on doing this for four or five years and they get to go out on their own jobs, that they're going to get to earn decent money. Now... I remember being 16, 17. I was not looking five years down the line. I was looking till Friday night. That was it. So how can you expect <laughs> an 18-year-old to work really hard, working away, away from girlfriend, boyfriend, whoever, doing long hours for rubbish pay, staying in a rubbish hotel? That doesn't sound very appealing to me. While your friends are working at McDonald's, getting paid decent money in their home every night, and you know they go out and stuff like that, and they're stuck four hours away at a job outside in the cold rain, it doesn't sound very enticing to me. So you've got to try and get this message across that yeah, well, once you get through with that rubbish bit, there's some really good bits, but sometimes you'll be on rubbish jobs too that you won't like. But then sometimes it's really good. It's, it's hard to explain and that's and then that's part of the problem so yeah it, it, it we, we were talking uh earlier i can i maybe a podcast or two ago about the 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 image of the industry you know how do we how do we make it more appealing uh so that more people first of all, become aware of it. Because even though we have air conditioning everywhere over here, literally, I leave Canada now, and God knows it's everywhere up here too. Um, I don't know why, because it's colder than hell right now. But um, the point point is, we, we haven't done a very good job as an industry showcasing the benefits. We, we have... So you've got the what you you talked about, Alex. Was you come out of high school or secondary school, whatever you call it, there, and immediately people are pushing you to go to college or university. When you're so young, you don't even know. Like you said, you, you don't want to. You, you can't possibly know what you want to do for the rest of your life when you haven't even lived yet. Um, any other than under the wing of your parent or, or whoever raised you. Um, and then we want a commitment for life, uh, whether that's trades or university. 
it's a it's a weird analogy to really have our kids have to decide that, but I mean it is what it is. Um, but we've got to, you know, I don't want to say make it sexy, but we've got to showcase the benefit of. Yeah, you're going to have, like you said, you know, the the rubbish part of the career, and you know that that varies over here with contractors. There are some contractors who are are known for that, and some are not. You know, so it depends on who you work for. Our union shops over here certainly don't have that worry, but um, if you can just get beyond the horizon and look at when you're twenty, twenty two. You know, you we've got people over here, twenty-two years old, making a hundred thousand dollars a year doing HVAC service work. Um, but they got in like you and I did at seventeen and and stayed the course. Um, how do we showcase that ability? You know, like if you just buckle down and do it for four or five years, you're going to be there. But um, I think that the image part we we've, we've got to work on. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, especially, I mean, the new generation, they have so much more access to so much more information than even I did when I was at school. Um, so when you've got all that information of so many different career paths, then you've got to try and make your little HVAC uh, industry as, as, as amazing as possible to, to get those people in. Because if if you're rent to leave school and you've got all these opportunities, then maybe air conditioning is not as fun as something else you've seen because you've got so much more information. And it might be a case that you you think, right, well, I want to do something for a little bit and then move on to something else. I want to try different things because the, the, their their attitude is 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 different from certainly when I was. It was a case of you should. That's not necessarily the better way. Um it's 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 we have to adapt to bring more younger people in. Otherwise younger people just simply won't come into the industry. So we either adapt or it doesn't happen. So it's it's coming up with ways of enticing people to come in to go, yeah. It's, it's difficult. It's a difficult job, don't get me wrong. But there's, there's some really good aspects about it. The people you work with, if you work with a good team or work for a good company, it can be absolutely brilliant. You can form friendships that will last forever. You can work in some really interesting places. I've, I've worked in, I'll say, I've, I've worked in Paris, I've worked in Belfast. I know people have worked all around the world. I've worked in the Harry Potter studios. Um, I've worked on RAF bases. Um, all sorts of really cool in spaces. Um, and it's trying to showcase that if you're that way minded that you like the mechanical, electrical, and you like playing big kit or unusual stuff, then this is a fantastic industry to get into. Um, and going to university is not the be all and end all, but we have to find other ways of getting younger people in. Um, and not only just, um, get more women involved um here, over here um we have a real problem attracting uh, women into industry uh, i know of only one um woman engineer and she's brilliant um she's my go-to panasonic person if i've got any is that Ruth? Ruth, yeah Ruth? if i have any problems with panasonic vlv she's my go-to yeah. i'll ring her rather than technical because i'll get it done so much faster um phenomenal engineer i know there's, there's plenty of women who um are in the background to run things organize things absolutely brilliant we don't have that many female engineers um, and we need to encourage more female engineers into the industry um because yeah. it, and go, i'm sorry yeah. Alex, go ahead i thought you were through diversity can only make the industry better um and we, we need to do more about encouraging young people and more women into the industry definitely i i totally agree um and i i follow ruth uh gill i believe yeah. is her last name i'm going my memory uh we we got to get her on the show um 100%. that would be 100%, a blast yeah. yeah maybe you can put out a good word for <laughs> us 
use your your uh European uh your European swan and debonair self I was actually to help talking to uh, Alan before we came on here because um you've you've got a chap over there who does um HVAC technical awards um with some obviously uh, technicians and engineers there. I says, do we have anything like that? Yep. I was like, no. So we need something like that. Is it, you know, yeah, you should start it, that. It would help, you know, advertise this industry and all those grumpy engineers that say, oh, I never get a thanks for anything. Well, here you go. Here's an award. Well done. Yeah, yeah about three weeks ago, we had the uh, big industry show in Atlanta, the A. AHR ASHRAE show, and that's where they held the oh, event. Right. Uh, they gave out the awards, yeah. So, yeah, you should start an uh, EU version of that. That'd be really cool. Or UK, even, just for your country. Um, now I forgot what I was going to say. Now I got all crazy on, on talking about Ruth. Oh, <laughs> excuse me. I was going to talk about uh, the the ladies that you know, we're trying to partner with here. Uh, a young lady's coming on with a shortly named Shauna Tuttle. Uh, she's going to be on as a guest. We've had Jessica Bannister. Yes. Another air conditioning young lady. Uh, we've had welders. We've had electricians. So we, we as the podcast and, and my household, my wife and I, we are both huge uh, helping women get into the trades because... Um, Quite honestly, they're a hell of a lot smarter than we are. So we're 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 missing more than half of the brain cells out there by not attracting them. So um, we should encourage that. And to your point, um, you know, for how many years now have we just overlooked the the ability to recruit them or at least make women aware? that they could do the bulk of what we do because you think about it, you know, years ago, equipment was a lot bigger. It was a lot heavier. It was more, there was more of a need for manpower, so to speak, meaning muscle power. But it's certainly not the case anymore. You know, equipment is much lighter, which is good for everyone. It's more manageable for everyone. Uh, composite materials, aluminum. There's just so many things that have benefited from the energy efficiency standpoint have also driven it to make it more ergonomically beneficial for everybody. Uh, so we're having less injuries, therefore more people can do the work. They don't have to be a 250-pound gorilla to pick up a piece of equipment. Um, so I, I think that's a plus as well. You know. Yeah, definitely. I mean, this whole thing of, well, women are physically can't do it. If something's too heavy for me, I don't lift it. I get somebody to help me. So the, that whole Correct. argument of, you know, men being stronger with it, I just, I don't, that's, I think that's completely old hat. It's just, it's not relevant today. You're right, 100% stuff's getting lighter, which is, yeah, a godsend. And if, if stuff is too heavy, you get mechanical help or you help get someone to help you so i think that that whole right. attitude is is completely wrong um i think it's um a big issue with schools um promoting trades so i remember when i was at um school we had a um a course it was called mtech it was basically a mechanical course for anybody to uh, join and you go one day a week and you do uh, learn mechanical stuff they didn't have any girls on that course at all. None of it was advertised. And I've spoken to a few people about this. Um, some recent school leavers. Um, I was working in a subway fixing the fridge. And um, I got talking to some members of the staff. And I asked, have you ever considered going to the trades? And absolutely didn't um, occur to them whatsoever. And... They said something very similar to my experience when I was at school that they had a mechanical course that the boys were pushed onto, and then they had hair and beauty, which the girls were pushed onto. And I thought that is so unbelievably tragic. And she said, One of the girls said, I, I, I inquired about the mechanical one, and I was told that you're probably best off going to the 
hair and beauty. And I thought that's that's so so wrong. And I think it's schools need to sort of push this career advice and move away from you've got to go to university, but show that there are opportunities for it doesn't matter if you're male or female, you can do all of it. There's the, the surely yep. that's an attitude of fifty years ago. It's and it's it, and I think it's it's definitely something schools need to get better. It's gotta start schools. Um Yeah, I agree. In middle I don't know how your school system is structured, but most in the US it's like one through five is primary and then grade six through eight is middle school and then nine through 12 is high school. The middle school is the right age in my mind to start talking about this stuff because the kids are mature enough to where they're starting to see stuff out in the wild. You know, they see the electrician come into the house or you know, they're starting to see this social uh, connection of, of what it takes to like function, like to live. And if you can start showcasing opportunities at that early age, um, I think it can only be beneficial. Um, you know, we've got a Canadian lady who, who is a friend of the show. She, she's got a coloring book for kids that shows different career route, uh, routes for men and women. A freaking coloring book. So, you know, you're setting the tone early in life that, just because you've got long blind ponytails does not mean you can't be a welder or an electrician. Uh, so I, I think it's healthy. Um, and, you know, <clears throat> I, I read a book a while back called The Gap and the Gain. And the, the gap is always worrying about how far you have yet to go in your journey. You know, like, okay, gosh, I'm only 27% through with my effort. But when you have that gain mentality, you're like, no, I've already come 27%. So if, if we think about what we're doing, we've, we've already come a significant way from, you know, you, you said 50 years ago, so we'll use that as a benchmark. We've come a hell of a long way at 50 years. But we could really accelerate the ability now to really bring in a lot of ladies uh, minorities, immigrants, whatever, because there is a need and people want, people want to work. Most people want to have something to go do that's fulfilling. Um, punching, you know, the ketchup button on the hamburger machine is not very fulfilling for very long. It gets you beer money for Friday night, but it does not get you money to live a good life in the law um, is short-term gain. So if, if we could accelerate what we've done in this, this gain period that we are at right now and think about what lies ahead, we could really throw the gas on the fire. And there's so many people now, Alex, yourself, uh, you know, that are li like yourself that are doing good, solid work and affecting what people are reading, hearing, and thinking about. And there's, think, think about the number of people that you've touched that are riding down the road or riding in the train or wherever they're listening to your information and you're sparking thought process for people. They're like, you know, my little brother, my little sister, my dad, he got laid up. Maybe this is something for him, my mom hates her job, you know, maybe this is something. So you're, even if you're not reaching that person, the compound knowledge that you're spreading could be so beneficial to people. So I, I just love to see, you know, you putting out content that's relevant, helpful, and, and well done. So that's a roundabout way of bragging on you. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't really start there, but that's where it went. Yeah, I really appreciate but, it. But I think, I think, yeah, yeah, to show some good points. I think, I think the, well, it certainly seems to me that the attitude in this industry sort of lags behind. And I think that's partly because you have old timers teaching. 
So they've developed this grumpy attitude. E- easy. <laughs> easy with those old-timer words. This slowly grumpy attitude as they've got on, and then they'll get a new apprentice or a new starter or whatever. And then they're inflicting all this grumpiness on them. So you have this sort of attitude of younger people coming into the industry that are getting all this pent-up years of dissatisfaction of the industry. So you're turning these new people that are interested into future grumpy people. So they get all these preconceptions of the industry already. They've only just started from people that are unhappy in the industry. And I think that's a really negative thing. So you get these old ideas and these old attitudes because people who are disillusioned with the industry are just pushing that further and further down. Um, So I think it's nice to see people go, I've been working on this. This is really interesting. And I I follow a lot of people like that. And stuff that I don't get to work on um, because that's interesting to me. And because they enjoy it, they, they show their passion for it. And I think that's more healthy than working with some guy that's been doing it 35 years and he's hated every minute of it. And now you've just started young and enthusiastic and suddenly you're going to get 35 years of just grumpiness, then it's you're going to get a bad start in this industry. Um, so I think but I think attitudes need to change. I, I agree with that a bit, Alex, but I, I want to contrast that. Maybe it's because I've not done the 35 years yet. With, with your peers, you guys see past that bullshit. You really do. You you see the guy's grumpy. He probably hates his marriage. He hates his dog. You know, everything about that guy has just got a big negative about, like, he, you know, we have the Charlie Brown cartoon over here with the guy walking around, pig pens, got the cloud around him. You know, every company has one or two of those clowns working for them. But I think that you guys in your peer group, Y'all see through that. You're you're okay, and you probably laugh it off like what a what a jerk, you know. And I really believe that. But there's so many good people that I deal with uh, that are you know 30, 28, 40 years old that are really excited about what the industry is doing and and the relationships you guys. You know, I, and excuse me, you and I know each other through Lee, but the uh, Instagram community for the trades is off the freaking hook. I mean, there are some guys and girls on there that are doing some amazing uh, installation, repair, training, helping each other. I mean, it's a heck of a community that's built, uh, and it's only growing. So I, no matter that that bad attitude bob is over there in the corner sulking about his hateful life and everything that's wrong with it there's a good groundswell of young people coming that that get it there's there's a lot of good in yeah there. definitely i mean i've only really been doing uh, the social media stuff since last september so i'm fairly new to it all um but the biggest surprise for me was how positive instagram is for all the bad things that social media can be um for and all that sort of stuff some of the instagram stuff is really positive and it's really good um and really encouraging as well it could be anything from you know you want to get better uh install in a certain way and stuff like that there's a lot of people out there a lot of information it's really helpful um so i think some of it's been really good uh force for good um as well as linkedin there's some really good stuff like more i'd say more of the technical stuff um, some people do some really good videos and really good information about some of the really sort of nitty gritty technical stuff, which I'm a real nerd, air conditioning nerd for that. I love that sort of stuff. Um, so I think it's it's given engineers and people coming to the industry more um, of a constant um, knowledge that they can learn, opposed to somebody who did it 30 years ago. They, they, they learn for two years and they're just repeating that two years for 20, 30 years down the line and don't really learn any new ways of doing anything. So I think it's a, a real uh, useful tool 
um, to learn and also to showcase what you do because everybody sometimes like show it off. Look, I've, I've, I fixed this. I'm really proud of myself. I fix this. I want to show other people. Um, and I think I think it's a really useful, uh, really useful tool. Well, I, I think that you know, there's a lot of people that enjoy what you do. You don't even know it because they never comment. They never do anything but look at it. So, for every like or thumbs up you get, think that there's 50 more people out there that are getting the benefit of that. They just don't tell you. So you're, you know, anything you do uh, is making a difference. So I, I just encourage you to keep it up. And we're coming up on the top of the hour, so I know we got to start getting getting wrapped up. But it's just, uh, I, I love what you're doing. I think it's so positive. I want you to just, just keep digging. Uh, you know, it's helpful. It helps us all. It helps the industry. It helps young folks coming in. It helps people uh, that maybe don't think that they should post content, maybe rethink that and go ahead and post some stuff because people do, they get benefit out of it. And and again, I, you don't always know that, but they're out there. Yeah, d definitely. I mean, I, I always encourage um, any apprentice I've ever worked on, um, if you do something new, film yourself doing it or talking about it after the fact because it will help you remember yep. when you do it next time you don't have to post it or anything like that um but it's a really useful tool to do because i've, I've speaking with a lot of engineers um i find a lot of engineers are dyslexic so writing stuff down could be a real pain uh, me being dyslexic me writing pages of stuff that i've done to remember next time do a video on it and the with how complicated systems are getting just-in-time knowledge is really useful. You come to a system that you've not Absolutely. worked on in two years and you've got this fault code, and I kind of remember what it's about, but you looking for a video on it and you've uh, another, somebody else, six months down the line, did a video of, hi, guys, came across this. It's, I, I tested this, this, and this, and this is how you do it. That's so useful because I'm trying to wait 45 minutes in a technical helpline to tell you how what bits you need to test it's just a real pain so if somebody's done a video on it it saves so much more time it doesn't have to be really polished i always feel like i have to apologize to people now because i've done a few videos i can hear what i sound like and i was like don't really sound like that <laughs> we all hate it man don't worry about what we you sound like don't worry about if you've got right, a few things wrong or anything like that I just encourage you to do it because it, it, it's probably going to be useful for people down the line. Don't do it for fame or anything like that. It's not it's the reason why I don't do it. It's just because at the time I didn't have an apprentice and I had stuff that I, I knew about with certain systems that I do a couple of videos that somebody might find it useful. And and, it, and it's worked out before. I, I, I couldn't remember how to get onto a certain menu on the controller. So I ended up having to go back to one of my own videos because I've not done it for six months. So it's it's a really useful tool to do. So I do encourage anybody that works on any kit like that, if you if you if you fix something or found a better way of doing something, take a video because I guarantee it will help the next engineer further down. It'll save a lot of time and be sat on the phone waiting for somebody to answer to go. Oh yeah, you just push this dip switch. But only if somebody yeah. told me that twenty minutes ago. Dip switch seven. It's a miracle. Yeah. Well, you're you're uh, you're sort of right, and and I always think about the compound knowledge that we could get if more people would do that, and just just post it under Mitsubishi Seven Thousand or whatever, uh, and you do a quick YouTube search and you got it. I mean, it's so cool to do. But, um, well, I don't I don't know how to end this other than to say thank you for taking time to. to talk to us about this it's um you know I, I say this damn near every week i can't believe how fast time goes when we do these things because i so much enjoy learning uh the different thought processes that people have of how we're doing this industry and who we're meeting and how we're bringing people into the industry and you've got such a good head on your shoulders and and you're doing some really good stuff and uh, just want to encourage you to keep it up stay in touch with us how can people get in touch with you what's what's your 
easiest way to be uh, contacted on social? Uh, first thing, it's been an absolute pleasure. I've really, really enjoyed it. And I love talking to other people about aircon. Like I say, I'm a massive aircon nerd, so I love, I love anything about this industry. Welcome to the club, buddy. <laughs> Welcome to the club. Um, so I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm under Alex Richards and on Instagram, um, Aircon Alex, um, Google search it. You'll, you'll find it. Um, I've not been doing it that long. It's just in well, stuff that I find interesting. I'll, I'll post, or if, if I know how to do something, uh, or bring up a certain hidden menu in a controller, I'll share it. So the next engineer doesn't have to wait, but that's the easiest way. Um, I put a post, um, while ago about uh, mentoring um it can be about anything uh, i've had a lot of uh, positive response from that a lot of people ask me so especially people wanting to come into the industry or are transitioning into different roles in the industry i don't know all the answers but by all means feel free to message me um doesn't necessarily have to be anything aircon related or anything like that it's 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 just something that if I will try and get back to whoever asked me any question about anything industry related or anything like that, it's just sometimes it's useful to get a second opinion about something. You might have been in the industry a long time and just yeah. thinking, oh, I wonder if there's another way of doing this, then I, I open it up to anybody. So yeah, feel free to message me on, on LinkedIn, Alex Richards or Instagram, Aircon Alex. Certainly do. It's great to have a friend over there, man. I consider you a friend, digital friend, digital nomad, whatever you want to call it. Uh, appreciate the relationship and uh, just keep doing what you're doing, man. We'll, we'll stay in touch and Definitely. maybe we can uh, circle back in a year and see how things are cooking over there and maybe we come to your award show, <laughs> you host. Maybe. Like, and make sure you tell Ruth Gill that we need to get her on the show, man. That'd be a blast. Yes, definitely. Yeah, she's an absolute brilliant engineer. Yeah. All right, so everybody that's listening to this, Ruth Gill on LinkedIn, tell her she's got to join us on uh, Straight Out of Crumpton. We'll we'll hit her inbox with at least four <laughs> messages, <laughs> <laughs> three of us, and then maybe one. yeah. Who knows? All right, well, Gabby, you want to uh, put a bow on this puppy? For <laughs> Absolutely. Us? Well, Greg, Alex, thank you guys so much. Um, Alex, it's been great getting to know about you and what drives your passion in the industry. And Greg, as always, it's a pleasure talking to you as well. Everyone, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Straight Outta Crumpton. For more episodes like this, subscribe to the podcast on Apple or Spotify podcasts. And don't forget to check out gregcrumpton.com for all of your Greg Crumpton content. 